the acting branch. Hey, Nicole. Thanks for joining me today on the acting brunch. Great to see you. And um, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. It's really yeah. good to, to speak to you and be honest. I've seen um, I have uh, seen that you've been doing a lot of them, so it's great to uh, <laughs> be involved. Oh, absolute pleasure, pleasure. Great to speak to you. And um, just to quickly set the table, and um, we'll talk about about yourself in a minute. But uh, you are a director and a screenwriter, amongst other things. Uh, you've you've made uh, you've made well, you have uh, you've directed and made quite a number of short films um, of your own and obviously directed for other people as well. Um, one of them, which was one of your films, which was Wonderland, which I had the pleasure of being involved in a few months ago, um, which was which was great fun. I've really wanted to speak to you um, and ask you, know, ask you a few questions um, since I had a great experience on set then. So, uh, yeah, so t tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, wh where did you... Uh, love of filmmaking or writing or all this whole creative thing come from oh god that's <laughs> big a question big, oh, um, <laughs> I've loved film for a long time so going back basically I was going to be a, a writer uh, like a, an author and um, I wrote books and books and books and then my mum went you need to get yourself a proper job and I was like okay I'll go into the film industry instead and yeah. if like that's a proper job you know it's just, obviously <laughs> it, is, it is but you know yeah. um and then I I'm trying to think now I did a bit of um directed directing at, uh, at school and then when I went to college got into screenwriting and then I went traveling and I came back and I was like, I'm gonna be a director, like as if I knew what that was gonna ever, you know, mean. Yeah. So I went to uni um, and studied and yeah, I just really fell into the love of directing and of course writing. But unfortunately I had a lot of writer's block uh, for about, I wanna say like five years or so. I was writing here and there, but not like I used to write. Wow. Um, and really recently the writing is, well, last like let's say three years the writing has started to really come back but yeah the, I don't know um, I'm trying to think like wh where the love came from I suppose what one of the filmmakers that's really inspired me was Andrea well is Andrea Arnold and I remember in college watching Fish Tank as part of our um, uh, assignment and I, and I was like I love this film and I just was like I want to make films like this and if anyone's seen Fish Tank and then maybe has seen some of my stuff you probably see a lot of cross reference in terms of social realism and the look and the feel and real life and stuff so yeah I, think, I would say that's where it sort of came from Great, that's awesome. So, so for you and you, you know, creating your sort of first film, what was the first film that you actually uh, put out there because you and you've done a number of amazing oh, shorts. Oh. But what was your first one that you put out there? <laughs> and how and what was well, what was like? Yeah, because obviously get. <laughs> but, um. So I. So in uni, I made um, a very, 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 very short film called Run, which is just terrible. It's so. I, I watched it yesterday. I uh, was watching it with some friends, and we were just going through what you know, film, first films that we'd made, and then Run was one of them. And then I made a short film called The Spaces Between, which was based upon um, kind of a long distance relationship and um between a student and obviously a guy who's not a student and um kind of the the trials 
in tribulations is that the right term um mm -hmm. of like uh, the relationship etc and how it sort of was very difficult for them blah 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 okay uh, and we filmed it and um i missed half the scenes out and so we just pieced it together to be this short film and if, if i was going to do it again obviously it actually would have been a feature film really right okay um because by the time i was getting it down in the edit it was like i think it was 45 minutes long and that wasn't that wasn't even with all the scenes right but yeah the space between was the first one i made and when you say obviously the first one i got out there that's definitely not really one that's out there it's on it's on youtube but okay okay no that's good but but again even like you're looking back at stuff and I've, again i've looked at stuff in the past i've acted in sometimes you go oh you know from years gone by but it's you just find yeah. in your feet and you get you know you, you 100%, yeah, the yeah. Trade. so that's that's always a good thing so yeah so tell me about some of your your films that you've since you started putting your films as i say out there into film festivals etc um what was your first when you started to do your first ones was the process from page to page to screen what was it was there some particular stories that made your list this is this is i want to get this out there now um of everything that you've written and you know tell us about some of your films that you've done so far yeah so i think that um as a director and i think any filmmaker who starts out they're just kind of trialing stuff what they want to make the kind of you know types of films they want to make and like you said, I made the space in between and then I did a feature film at uni. And then when it came to my dissertation piece, Charlie, I wanted to make something a bit more dramatic. And then I didn't do, and then I did like a, a comedy uh, short, which is, you know, quite fun. Um, but then I kind of had this love for drama. And so I wanted to, to explore more into more kind of, I don't know, more character based, uh, films and and be with it with the character for example um kaleidoscope which was a film i made in 20 oh god 2018 oh my god 2017 who knows one of the years <laughs> i don't know what goes on anymore um that was amazing and that's all from the perspective of the young boy and then i um, wrote powerless um maybe like six months later, I didn't write Kaleidoscope. I wrote Powerless, which was, I suppose it was almost like a study in, of grief, I suppose. And well, it, that's what it explores. It has like elements of knife crime and it touches on all that, but really it's about this, this you know, woman who, uh, Clara, who has been looking after her brother for, for years. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to spoil it, but anyway, I'll yeah, do it don't. anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Should I do it? No. Anyway, anyway, something happens involving knife crime, and uh, it's about her grief and how um, how she overcomes it. And yeah. I suppose that that's what the exploration was with Powerless. Um, I can't say the same for Asphyxiate. Asphyxiate is about the uh, Michaela's own ex experience of being gaslighted into a in a relationship. Right. But okay. then. Uh, when I did Wonderland, because obviously I, I've, uh, I wrote Wonder, obviously, obviously I wrote Wonderland. No, <laughs> and then I wrote Wonderland. Um, that that idea sparked a little bit from a story that I overheard at a party, mm -hmm. and um, I just immediately was like, I need to write the story. I've got this idea about this little girl who goes to Blackpool, and that's yeah. all all it was about originally. But I suppose it was a uh, for that as well. That was a look into addiction and gambling and stuff. And I, 
I myself have suffered with uh, gambling addiction in the past and it's not easy to overcome as obviously any addiction is not easy to overcome anyway. And mm-hmm. um, so I suppose it was a look into that and how a character can be affected by that. And obviously we, we see in the film, Tracy's affected by having no money and going to try and get more money and gambling and meeting, you know, meeting guys and stuff, even though it's not about her, yeah. you know, we see that in the background. Absolutely. I don't even think that even answers your question. <laughs> no, it does not. No, it's just it's just to, again just to talk about, talk about some of the, the the projects that you've done so far in that. But what's your what's your process from um, so your process from screen to from script to script to screen? Uh, do you have like this when you've because again because you write so many things? Do you have something in mind? You go right. Do you know what this this particular script? I want to get this made into a film. What's your process for getting that onto screen? Obviously, there's a lot that goes involved. There is a and, lot. And over the years, have you got like a team of people that you've contacted or friends, you know, to get involved with in the initially to get to get it to that stage? And just set yourself a timeline. Do you have an, you know, a, you're very. Oh, I need to get this done. I want it done asap kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. Well, the process. Um. I suppose it's the same for every project. Um. Getting it written. And, you know, it's usually, you know, I spend, I don't even spend that long time, long writing a script really, because I'll come up with an idea and then immediately I'm like, I'm on the computer and I just write the idea. I've, I've written a, a short film that it was inspired by Salt and Pepper's um, song, Shoop. And um, <laughs> we're, we're trying to get funding for it at the moment. So in the past I've kind of, let's say Powerless, for example, that was made within, I want to say six months, which is, wow. so I um, I self-funded that film and I wrote it and I, and I really wanted to just make something because I didn't want to go another year without making a film. Yeah. Um, so obviously I sat down, I, I wrote this film and then redrafted it several times and then I met Lewis who produced it and then we started auditions pretty quickly and you know, I, like I said, self-funded uh, the film. So we ended up being in production in the August. And then, yeah, it was finished by, oh, I don't know, January, I want to say. So that yeah. was quite a quick process. Whereas like other films like 2005, which is uh, the the short about the, was the um, inspired by Shoop by Salt Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> um, that I came up with the idea in January I wrote it it's from the perspective of a young black girl and because I'm white I didn't feel like I uh, could provide the perspective that was required for it because it was quite a lot of um, racial abuse within the school because it's about bullying in school but it's not just about that it's about friendship as well so um, I teamed up with Maya who is a wonderful writer and we've co-written this short film together and I'm really excited to put that out but that again is um, you know we I wrote that in January Maya came on board maybe like March-ish maybe Um, and then I met Tuli who's our producer in March as well. And then she's producing producing it and put it for the BFI. And then that goes in for the BFI funding in August. And then, you know, there's another six months waiting for the BFI to say yes or no. And then it's gonna be next year. I don't I don't want to shoot until summer, like spring, summer anyway, because that's like the perfect time for the look and the feel of it. So yeah, it, it depends on the film. Like so, you know, 2005 is gonna be a year and a half long process, whereas powerless with it 
a nine-month process. So yeah, so it can depend obviously from project to project. As you said, like yeah. finances are obviously you see your self-funded films, and that's what sometimes it's it's difficult, isn't it, for people to get the finances for the film. So sometimes you've got to self-fund. Uh, you can also things like crowdfunders as well um, can be can be a big help for, yeah. for, for for filmmakers. But it's obviously it's a very it's a very competitive market out there. So um, what would you say to people who are you know again filmmakers who are you know, they, they, I think probably with finance is probably the big worry um, yeah. out there. What do you, you know, is the, is the ways that they can, I'm trying to say, is the ways that they can, um, could you give them some confidence or some um, hope in the fact that what I'll do? I need the same confidence. I, someone give me the hope now, I'm kidding. Um, so I, I have not had funding before up until uh, I submitted Alice, which is now Wonderland, to yeah. Genera Films. Yeah. Uh, last year, I just was like, whatever, I'll put it in and I'll just see what happens. And then Wonderland, oh, you know, got selected to be funded by them. And so we got, I think, two and a half, uh, which originally would have covered the budget, but unfortunately we've uh, overspent due to location yeah. costs and blah, 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 lots of extra. So um, we, we, me, I am going to put a deal with crowdfunder actually in a few weeks time to try and raise a little bit of extra cash just to pay the, you know, pay the rest of the stuff off that needs, needs to be paid for. Um, but I think, I think that crowdfunding is a really good way. You've got a greenlit fund now, which is, um, is it greenlit? Yeah, it's called greenlit fund. And that's a crowdfunding platform, but it's dedicated only to filmmakers. And so it's not like Indiegogo where you've got like, tech and and oh, okay. a business and stuff it's like yeah. it's literally for filmmakers yeah so um I, i'd probably recommend that to a lot of filmmakers if they were going to go for a crowdfund yeah. and genera films bfi I, I just don't there's just not a lot there yeah. are a few funds out there and i guess it's just persisting and making sure that your film's the best it can be yeah absolutely yeah. Is is um is it? Would you say like obviously when you're applying for funding, is it important because you you know you've got you've got a bit of a poor, good poor, solid portfolio of films now? Does that help when people are going? Is that what people genuinely use when they go for funding for films? Is it having so? Is it just or can it just be like you've got a good idea, um, and they like that you know what you've got? I think that got... some funds require you to have some background of some sort or experience. I think BFI has a similar one where. If you're a director, they would like you to have some experience, but I don't necessarily think you have to have years of it. I mean, I tried to, I've tried for BFI funding for years, and I have not had it. So yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm entitled to it, but no, you know, no, no, no. It, it's that kind of you know I've been working for for a number of years on short films, and I just get to the point, and I think everyone should do the same thing. And I know it's hard because it's money, and you know you can't afford to pay it because because it's expensive. But just because you get a no at something, don't let that stop you from going doing it. I think it's just really important to to make the most out of it because otherwise you're going to be sat on your script or your film for years and years because you're like, oh, I've just got to try and get funding. And it's like, well, it's a short. And <laughs> I've, I've done this like rant to so many people. If you don't make it now, the next short you make is not going to get any better, you know? So if, if, yeah. if that's a short that you think, no, actually, that's going to be my short that I really want to do well at, go and make a bunch of other shorts first and then 
yeah. make that film if that's the way it is because i i i thought powerless was great i don't think it's a bad film at all i think it's a great film but i was watching it the other day and i was seeing little errors and you know that's what you do <laughs> yeah i was it's not just on screen it's like you know there's a, a few sound errors here and there that i could hear and um i was like i didn't notice this i didn't notice this years ago and that's that's the thing about going out there and improving yourself is that when you've got a bit more experience as a director and you know now I've been hired to do projects and I'm you know moving into features hopefully yeah. is I've worked on those short films and I, and I can look back and go I actually really love that film but I would totally change all this you know amazing amazing so that's it so obviously when making the jump into into features now um that's your that's your next your next sort of step have you got any ideas for or any films lined up that you or ideas you've got ready to get out there for for any features yeah so i'm working on a um i'm working on a feature at the moment called obsession um it's about a a young singer a young singer i don't like that it's about a singer who basically suffers with some mental health issues and uh, basically escapes her life of stardom and ends up in the scottish highlands with somebody wow um, but yes, it's it's it is sort of showcases like the the mental health side of the music industry. Even though I don't really know much about the music industry, um, but and how it kind of affects. It's not even just for the music industry actually. The mental health of any any uh, young you know any anyone who, who suffered with mental health, as I'm sure we all have. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like a study on that so it's another study on something else <laughs> so yeah that, that's been that's that's been um moving on in the background um it's made mostly cast now we're just trying to get a couple of names attached because as as you know unfortunately this industry works on kind of uh once you get a name attached then yep. we'll give you some money and you're like oh, oh but i really want to work with this person and they're like Mm, nah, you still need a name attached. So we have got two roles which we're trying to get um, names attached to. Cool. And uh, one is um, the second lead. I won't say the lead because um, the lead is obviously the the, the woman. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 this is a um, a film that I a story that I've been working on since I was like thirteen. So it's wow. been a long, I'm 28 now, so it's been a long, long time getting this, this story out and there'll be, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to be stood in the Scottish Highlands and filming. I literally think, like I even imagine it, like that yeah. I will be stood there and I'll be like, oh my God, I am so <laughs> grateful for this right now. I am actually living my dream. I am stood with a bunch of crew load of cast not load that's not load of cast up there but you know i've got yeah. all my cast some of the cast and i'm in this amazing house in the middle of the scottish highlands and we're filming and it's like that is going to be the best moment of my my career so far i, I know it's going to be fantastic years in the making that film then isn't it as you said <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. And that'll be your first feature as well. Oh, first, yeah. first of many. That's a, is, uh, do you love to work on television as well? Is that uh, something? Yeah, you're... 100%. So um, I think TV is so much more expansive than features. Now, it's nice to go and make a feature, but the promise of making a sequel or a trilogy or whatever mm. isn't always there. 
Yeah. Whereas like in a series, I'm not saying you might, you might not get commissioned for series two, three and four, but in series one, you've got like, what, six feature films basically over yeah. the one. And yeah, I've, I'm, um, I'm working on a couple of ideas at the moment for a TV series that I'm uh, trying to write. Yeah, I'm on yeah. everything else that I'm trying to write. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd love to definitely direct TV. I think um, that's that that has become a kind of a dream of mine over the last couple of years is to to move. I still want to do my, or do features, but to yeah. move into TV would definitely be fantastic. Fantastic! I love how prolific you are as a writer. Just constant. I could just. I just have this vision of you just constantly writing nonstop, like twenty four hours a day. Like I'm just, I'm just sat there and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> what should I write? Oh, I'll go for a walk. I do that. I go for a walk for like two hours and I and I'll visualize what needs to go in, and then I'll come back and I'll write. <laughs> Amazing. But, you mentioned before as well, though, like you, you know, even like you, you picking ideas from a conversation. That's that's a you know fantastic. Are you ideas from things like that and stuff that you've probably had ideas for, or you know, think being inspired by certain events or whatever, and it's always going into the rain. So it's great that you know, obviously, your creativity is constantly burning yeah. all the time, which is which is great. So you meant to look you can go back, obviously, when you were in uni and stuff, and you worked on a few projects and stuff. Then did uni help you regarding with sort of the technical aspects of the directing? Because obviously you're right you know you, you know you can write you've gone there you've been working on your projects did you feel the experience of being on set helped you more or was it just a was it a mixture of both was uni was uni a really good uh standing for you for that i think uni helped with the fact that we could get equipment um i don't dis i don't want to say like i disliked uni i just okay. think that i probably i I made a lot of stuff at uni and I, I'm really grateful for it, but I learned a lot more outside of uni, yeah. a lot more set etiquette and all that kind of stuff. I, I actually did get involved with a feature film that uh, someone was making it, um, at university, not at university, sorry, it, it, in the city, yeah. uh, which was really good because then I actually did learn how to be on, on a set, which was yeah. interesting. And then I did a bit of work experience at like on BBC's Flog It and, you know, little wow. bits like that. But with, I don't know, I don't want to put, <laughs> I don't want to put my university down. I just feel no, like. No, you don't have, yeah, obviously, um, I know what you mean though. I think it, it, there was a lot of, got a lot of help for the projects that we I did get, but I think that yeah. like, I've learned a lot more outside of it, but then I've discovered who I am more as a, as a director, writer, director outside as well and um i actually got an interview for national film and television school tomorrow so wow. if I now, i'll go and do my master's and then we'll yes. we'll do this interview in three years time and then you did you learn anything i'll be like i learned everything <laughs> amazing oh best of luck with that that's great <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool um Oh yeah. So, um, but I wanted to ask you as well because I know you, you you're a, you're an advocate for for opportunities for women in film and TV, which I think is fantastic. And you did put a tweet up recently um, about women in TV. So, the well, writers, I would I think, are we are we going with more of the writing side of things, director being overlooked? Uh, do you do you think that there's still a lot less opportunities for women? In, in, in television, do you think? Is it, I mean, obviously, well, like, is there anything what we, you think could be done about that? Because I was, it was a very interesting read, that, that, that article. Yes, I think that um, there's still a lot to happen. I 
I think the issue what we're getting as female, female or female identifying uh, filmmakers is that we're getting stuck in development and we're getting the fund for the development, but they're not pushing the projects further, yeah. which is what the article I think was saying was that, that women are getting stuck in development while male directors and writers, well, writers in this case, were getting, you know, getting so many things commissioned. Yeah, um, and I, I think that I think there needs to be a lot of change. There needs to be a lot less of kind of, you know, here's a shadowing opportunity. It's wonderful to shadow. I'm, I'm not going to put down shadowing because I, I, I'd love the opportunity to go and shadow some people. But, you know, then why why are we shadowing and getting those opportunities when we're not getting the other kind of just getting offered? Um, yeah, I, I suppose I don't know if I'm deep enough in the industry yet to, to see it fully. But I do see see a lot of opportunities that are not getting taken up by um, by women. Not sorry, for women. You know, not given to yeah. to women and, and a lot of male directors, which is fine because I suppose it should be a, it, you know it should be about talent over gender. But it's when you look at the statistics that's when it's you know just it's yeah. crazy. Um, but I started a film festival in Manchester called the Womanchester Film Festival, which is coming up this year. Um, and I wanted to create something in Manchester because we didn't we don't have a female focused film festival in Manchester. Mm. They've got one in London. They've got one in Newcastle now. They've probably got a couple of uh, elsewhere as well. But yeah. I wanted to create a space where female filmmakers, female identifying filmmakers, and male filmmakers, um, and and everyone else could, could come, you know could come and see all these amazing works because I I think we had something like two hundred and fifty submissions and I, I was blown away. I was like, why are why are these why are all these people not getting given the opportunities? And people, you know, I think I think sorry, I'm just mumbling there. But there was um, someone else tweeted um, about saying that apparently a lot of productions are looking for female filmmakers, uh, female directors but they're looking for female directors who have had the right credits but then we're not given the credits to yeah. do it so I, I don't i don't know like there's yeah. a lot of productions looking for it but like they're saying yeah but yeah so and so is like not available and it's like well yeah but what about the other ten thousand that are you know absolutely yeah yeah 100 <laughs> It's it's yeah it's uh, I, th I love the sound of this uh, Womanchester Festival. Is that so? That's going to be later this year. Yeah, it's in September. It... Yeah, you should come along. It's yeah, at definitely. The Everyman Cinema in Manchester. Oh, it's lovely, the Everyman. Yeah, that's that's yeah, amazing, yeah. fantastic. So you've had have you done film festival? You run your own film festivals before? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Tell me about those. Oh yeah, so I did um I did a High Peak Independent Film Festival for like four years but then I decided that there just wasn't enough of an audience for these great films I just feel really bad when you've got like I don't know 20 people in an audience and you could fill 300 and you know you've done the marketing but it's just too out of the way like a lot of people like you'll go to Manchester fine I could fill I, I think I could fill a cinema in Manchester but mm. when you're telling people you've got to hop on a train for half an hour to the middle of the Peak District not everyone oh, is, is a bit like oh, I'll do it so I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And also I wanted to focus on doing this women's film festival. Um, but I've I worked on Kino Film Festival as well um a couple of a couple of years ago, which was which was good fun. Yeah. Um and then when I was a student, I did like a like a really tiny one. 
Um, it's great. They're great fun. There's no money in it. It's it's just, you know, I do, do it off my own back, in my own time and, you know, watch these films and slept there. And I, I don't mind that. It's good. It's good. Um, but it's just good to, it's, it's, you know what, it's a good networker as well. Like if you turn up and you meet 30 filmmakers, that's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus you're giving people an opportunity to get the work seen by whoever yeah. it might be. And you just never know who's going to be watching. So I think that's it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing in that way. Um, have you, have you ever thought about jumping on the other side of the camera? I know you have a cameo in there. Obviously I'm not going to spoil anything. We have a cameo in there in Wonderland, but have you ever thought about that yourself? Oh, <laughs> so funny. So I had a friend was like, you should be a presenter. And like several people have said the same thing, like you should do presenting, but this, honestly, you can see now I'm getting all red hair, right? I'm not kidding. <laughs> when I'm in front of the camera, eh, my whole face is red. I'm like, I'm like a tomato because I just get, get embarrassed and flustered and I'm like, ooh, you know. But then I don't like, if I'm doing like my own like TikToks, for example, how sad am I? You know, I don't mind that because it's me with like a phone, but it's like when it's a proper setup, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, don't, I can't really act either. Like I used to, well, back in primary school, I think I would have been an actress. Like I, I, I always thought, oh, I'll be an actor. Yeah. And yeah. then I went to high school and obviously went, became a bit of a bookworm and started writing and doing bits and bobs. And, no, I just think there's so many more talented people out there that can do it. And I just love working with actors, like working with yourself, working with Hayley and working, you know, with, working with like an entire, an amazing cast is, yeah. is so much more rewarding to me than me stood in front of a camera, like mm. unless I'm talking. And that's, that's your passion though, isn't it? Which is amazing. Like, I love, and you can see, I've seen it on set as well. And it was, it was a great, uh, great setup. Really was, really enjoyed every minute of it. It's so funny I'm, working with Holly though, because I was watching, I was oh, thinking yes. about um, that scene in the fish and chip shop and she was giving us proper sassy Alice and we we're like, <laughs> no, don't do sassy Alice, please. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> must mention uh, Holly actually because uh, obviously working with a, a child that was the first time I've worked with someone so young and she was um, she was amazing but obviously she was uh, it was like everyone probably everyone had the same feeling she was like having a little mate at the end of the day she was she was so so warm but obviously as you said getting her to getting her to yeah. do that scene was 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 good fun because she was full of sass wasn't she at first <laughs> she, was, she was like mom mom who's that man and I was like oh, can we just get a bit more like mom who's her mom give a bit That's more right. <laughs> But yeah. it's, so that's it's obviously working with with, with children. You have great experience for yourself. No, you've worked with children before, though. But obviously, to directing them and stuff, it's it's all part of it, isn't it? And um, and it must have been a wonderful experience for you. Yeah, that like I, I think kids are great. Actually, sometimes sorry, they're a little bit easier to work with than adults. Sometimes <laughs> they're like sponges, you know, they just take everything in, and yeah. then you tell them to do something and usually they copy it. And I had that experience with um, Harry who played Conan in um, Kaleidoscope. So yeah. he was the first kid I'd ever worked with. And he was just, he was, it, I had the best experience. And I thought if I ever work with a child actor again, I hope to God they're as good as Harry is because yeah. he was on point. But then, you know, I'm hearing these horror stories where like there's kids that were like super dramatic and like, I don't want to work with a dramatic <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then obviously we've got holly and she's incredible and i'm hoping actually going on obsession the feature i'm hoping that she 
depending on our casting, I might might be considering her for one of the roles in it as well. Oh, um, yeah. But 2005, which is the the rap uh, film, is yeah. about two 12 year olds. So I'm like slowly going up it. <laughs> yeah, gradually making, <laughs> making up to teens then too. <laughs> I don't know how that how that'll be. I'll be interested to see how like it is to work with like 12 year olds because I yeah. presume it's you, you're still speaking to them like they're kids, but they're also like quite like, adults. So we, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> interesting to work with teens. Absolutely, yeah, it could be really interesting. But I've got, I'm, you know, really excited for you for your projects coming up. It's, uh, it's going to be. I think you're going to have a, a good success ahead. And um, what would you, to what advice would you give to someone? Um, and we sort of talk about advice getting films out there. But if someone's like written, you know, they've written some scripts that they want to get a short film out there, what would you advise them to do? Obviously, if they can, uh, what, what kind of, what are the essentials they sort of need to to gather their their crew together? um to get this to get a film off the ground um a short film i think i think the most important thing is just go like like i said before just go out and make stuff and if that means like your friend's got a camera and you know it's not like it might not be the best quality but it doesn't matter like at, at that point in your career if you're just starting off it doesn't matter exactly. or if you've got a script and you're thinking no, I actually really want to do this well. There are loads of ways to get a good crew together. And, you know, I, I would honestly always recommend never shoot on your first draft. Like, um, I think like, I, I think Wonderland was maybe like four, five drafts, I want to say. Okay. And I try minimum four drafts, I would say for a short, but some people are drafting for like 10, 20 drafts down the line. Um, right. And just because like, once you start working with your actors, for example, because you know you know what I'm like. I, I like um, improvisation. Like like we improvise quite a bit of that scene in, yeah. uh, in the fish and chip shop. We're just like, what can you say? And we're just like <laughs> we're up with lines, like say this maybe and say that, and it works and that's great. So you are going to work with your actors on set and you're going to change stuff a little bit there. But like in the scripting stage, it's really important to make sure that your story flows and it's you know not got an end way just something like. Yeah it ends and then <laughs> the amount of films I've seen where it ends and you're like, so what happened? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would really like recommend keep drafting your script, get yeah. a good crew together. I didn't answer your part of your question before, which was about, you know, the kind of crew that I work with, who I'm working with at the moment. Like mm-hmm. I've been working with Fraser. Obviously you met Fraser um, who shot at Wonderland. He also shot, um, powerless and he shot the teaser for obsession last year and forever 27 last year and is down for obsession as well so this is the dop that i've been working with quite a bit and you know i met him when he was a student um years ago for a film that i produced well i don't think i really produced it but anyway um (laughs) and then you know like my makeup artist, Alana, I'd probably work with her again. And uh, Chris as a costume designer and Josie, who's like one of my best friends. She's, I usually um, use her as a first, not use her as a first AD. AD. She is a first AD. (laughs) She's a first AD. I don't use her as a first AD. Um, You know, I started getting a crew together and and, uh, and on the advice thing is I, I would strongly just try and find a crew that you love working with that you want to take with you to through to your next project and your next project because 
those are the kind of crews that will give you their time. You know, if you're paying them, if you're not paying them, if you're really close to them, or, you know, you've got a good relationship, they might say, you know, it's fine, I'll give you three days. It's fine, it's only three yeah. days. They might be kind enough to do that. And a lot of them want to do that. And then when you get to the point of, like I am, where I'm getting paid projects in, I'm going to them and saying, I've got paid projects. Yeah. And I, Or if I'm production managing, for example, because I do that um, uh, as a day job, if I'm production managing something, I might be like, hey, I'm not directing, but, you know, I need a makeup artist or I need a first AD or something. And, you you know, you're getting, giving work Amazing. back. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, Nicole has been absolute pleasure to speak to you and um you I'm, I'm really excited as i said for your, your projects coming ahead i think you're a, a fantastic director you're gonna have a great future in the business and i and i look forward to seeing your journey uh to the top um is there anything you want to push out promote at the moment that's um don't, don't put that on me <laughs> <laughs> um what am i working on um wonderland will be um doing a crowdfunder for that soon when I can be bothered I'm I'm so I'm so slow with setting stuff up I need to do that um but if you want to check out my work just go to nicolepot.com and brilliant there's no work on there but have a look anyway (laughs) (laughs) but all your all your your socials etc will be on there won't they so people 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 will know you soon enough people will know you soon enough But, uh, but listen, thank you very much for your time again. It's been a pleasure to speak to you and I, should, I look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now.